0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Faithful, and he rewards those. You know, the Bible says we must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. And that he rewards. God, we just thank you. We believe in you. We thank you that you're a rewarder. We're rewarded for this. What a deal. (laughs) Oh, glory to your name. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We get rewarded for knowing him. We get rewarded for serving him. Wow. Man, we can't lose in this thing. (laughs) Whew. God, it's so good. I just picked up a couple of uh, testimonies this morning. Uh, we're getting a lot of, you can be seated, we're getting a lot of breakthroughs, a lot of answers to prayers. Um, it's exciting time. See, this is one um, person was in uh, Sunday service, felt the warmth in neck, upper back, Ran all the way down the the spine, all pains gone, totally healed. no one laid hands. This is another uh testimony. Last Sunday after church, I oh, got a two hundred and seventeen dollar bill. I'm a generous giver <laughs> gave to the Lord generously. Skip on down. Next day you got a check in the mail for over three thousand dollars. Wow. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting uh, a lot of financial breakthroughs. Um, seen a couple marriages that were dead, that are resurrected. So it's just been a glorious time. Um, busy time but glorious. Um, Presence of God has just been uh, so strong. And I guess um, I'll just mention, you know, we have and one of our elders went home to be with the Lord. Jack's dad went home to be with the Lord. But, you know, um, when I was praying with um, Mike, uh, I don't know if the presence and the Spirit of God was so strong in that room that... Um, it was just awesome, and everybody, you know, felt it and, and knew that the Lord was there. And um, you think back, a lot of prayers went up for him, a lot of faith and standing. And what do you do with that? You do this. You give it to the Lord. I uh, I don't even question anymore. I just give it to God, and. I know that things we don't understand, we'll be enlightened. We'll have to answer at some point, sometime. We're not promised when, but we are promised to answer. And one thing that um, I continue to contend for the faith, because I know if Jesus had been there, he'd still be here. Mike would still be here. So that, that means we still contend for the faith. We're still pressing forward because it should be that we represent Jesus to the place that's the same as him being there. But no condemnation. I don't receive condemnation. It just presses me forward to, to move to move on in to what God has. So, um, And Jack's dad, uh, he was ready to go home. Mike uh, Sr. was ready to go home. He said he was ready to go home to his house, out of that hospital, and he said he was ready to go to his heavenly home. So, um, hallelujah! He's he's in a better place. So we we just move forward and move on. Amen. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a blessing. That's right. So uh, heaven is a real place. <laughs> heaven is a real place. What'd you say? We're gonna go there. That's right. That's right. That's right. Go Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. I right. try. I'm on the first load, too. It's a lot of debate when the first load's going, but I'm on the first load. <laughs> but God's a good God, and um, uh, I might share, I uh, had something happen to me a couple of weeks ago with the Lord, but uh might share that uh, at some time now, right now. But God is good, and His, his the best is yet to come. I've called a glimpse of the future, and the best is yet to come by far, because God is calling the whole body of Christ together, and um, the message that I, I did about um, legacy, about God using the older folks, and um, anyway, I was I was in prayer afterwards about it because it was such a strong anointing on it that I said, Lord, where where are you saying? Am I supposed to go into senior ministry or something? It it was so strong. And um, he said, well, there's this belief, and I had this belief because Ms. Wigglesworth prophesied that the last great day harvest would be uh, led by the youth. And the Lord said, "That's, that's wrong. It says it's going to be led by every age group. I'm bringing my whole body together. And I go, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. And we are going to use the zeal and the strength and the vitality of those young people going. But we need the wisdom of the, the older. But God's bringing the complete body of Christ together. Every age group will be used. And he's renewing the youth of those that can receive it. And you can be renewed in your youth and, and be full. You can be fat and green. <laughs> Still bearing fruit in old age. And the youngest old age in the Bible is 80 years old. And you can go as long as you want. You don't have to stop at 120 because that's when God was kind of upset with people. After that was Noah's flood. And he said, I'm going to limit it to 120. But you go to Psalms 91, with long life he'll satisfy you and show you his salvation. So until you're satisfied. a Satisfied life means you're not in a nursing home. Somebody's not changing your diapers and somebody's not feeding you. That's not living. That's not living. Take me home if it had to be like that. Amen. That's not what God's word says. He says we can still take the mountain. We can be like Caleb and say, I want another mountain. I want to still be doing exploits for you, God. I don't want to sit on the shelf. I don't want to be forgotten. I want to move forward for you. I want to see the greatest days. I want to be a part of the greatest harvest that this earth has ever seen. And that's what is, is happening now because we're seeing it now we're seeing prayers it's and there's been some prayers that have been prayed and I mean in the next 5 minutes they've been answered and i remembered where it says that the uh the the reaper would overcome the sower and it's almost like you're you got the answer as soon as you pray it and how about some answers before you pray it? <laughs> yes. 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 Anyway, anyway, so God is good, and uh, I'm not going to take any more time because I want to hear what uh, Joanne, uh, what the Lord's given her. So I will say something, uh, I'm not wearing glasses, you notice, and i uh, I went to Illinois with Rob, and he. we were going to somebody's house to eat, and he said, what's the address there? He was driving at that at time. I'm in the passenger side. I'm closer to the address, and I said, what address? He said, what's the address? I said, what address? I didn't even see it. And uh, anyway, he said, oh, that's it. So we walk up there. I'm walking towards it, then the address comes in view. I said, I need to go to my eye doctor. <laughs> so I go to the eye doctor, and she said, Your prescription's too strong. And I've had that for several years. They keep saying it's too strong. But I said, You know, sir, about the address. And she said, Well, there looks like there might be a little something here. Maybe I should send you a specialist. She goes, no. Thanks. So. Then at the end, she goes, Yeah, I will. So I go to the specialist, and the specialist said, You have. A catar- cataracts in this eye and say I can help you in 15 minutes and uh, I said really so I talked to my sister who works for my eye doctor and she had done and turned out my dad I didn't know my dad had, had this stuff. And he said it's the easiest thing i ever done so I went uh, Monday and uh, it was 15 minutes and I had perfect eyesight out of this eye and I look around like this and I'm going, wow this is but the colors are so vibrant, so alive. I'm going, this was reality the whole time. And the word's reality. The unseen is reality. And so I'm seeing through new lens. And uh, they're gonna do the other side. I don't know what I'm gonna do then, but because <laughs> I'm walking around like this. Oh my god. I got Ellen, and I said, I, look at the window. And I said, I see like a, a, a kind of a brownish light there. And I said, when I look through this eye, I would call it daylight LED light. <laughs> I said, which one's right? She goes, well, the daylight LED light. I go, what? I said, oh, my goodness. Everything's so bright. Now, there's one thing with this, and I've got to re-pray for renewing my youth. I've seen my face. I got my glasses when I was 16 years old. Thank you, Petra. When I was 16 years old, I got glasses to drive. Or I guess I was, what was it then? Uh, 15 and a few months, you know. And they said, guess what? You're near sighting, you need glasses. So I've been wearing glasses ever since then. So... I saw my face. Renew. What's happened to me? I go. Oh my. So now renewal of the youth in the face. <laughs> I can. I can see details that I didn't see before. I say yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And just, just recently, while I was in South Africa now, I was reading something, uh, and we were created in God's
0: image. Right? He made us creators. Just yes. God. Yes. The doctors work creating things. They do 100% God's work. On yes. God's we're yes. You use just the raw material He has given us. Yes. But we still. Yeah. Amen. And there is, you know, when she said that, uh, and the doctor just um, does missions work to Africa and repairs eyes. So you say, I give them natural vision and then spiritual vision. Doors are wide open. And she had all these pictures of people seeing, and she ministers Jesus to them. And we just talked about the Lord the whole time. I felt so, you know, good and at peace. But there was a part of me that said, Oh, now I know the problem. I'll just, you know, I'm going to pray and stand against this. And then I had the thought, 15 minutes. No, I'm <laughs> just going to take 15 minutes. But a lot of that happened with um, Dowie. When Dowie's his ministry, that came into church kind of uh, against doctors in a way. Um, and when you study it out, back then, doctors would kill you. <laughs> I mean, and he knew enough. He went to uh, medical school. Some he had some training, and he he said we're all guinea pigs. And he saw how people were dying, you know, from doctors. And they were so far behind them; it was ridiculous. They did they absolutely were doing the wrong things, and they killed you. And um, so, what he did, if you came to him. You had to renounce doctors. You never would go to a doctor, and um, you had to come. And that's how that kind of, you know, got started. But I mean, there are doctors serving the Lord. Well, they're bringing healing, you know, and the same thing that uh, God is. You know, with that, I do believe we should go to Doctor Jesus first. You know, and um, and they're still greatly limited you know there's still many people you know there's sickness throughout the world and stuff so we, we uh, there will never be a time when oh the doctor's got it Jesus no no, there will always be we need the Lord and you need you need Jesus going too and it's just like um, I told the doctor I said I'm, I'm kind of sensitive about my eyes and um, I said when I was uh, a kid they had these semi-soft uh, contacts. They came out with those, and I put my eyes. My eyes, my pupils, she goes, your your pupils are, are small. I said, yeah, I was going <laughs> to hold this there. And uh, anyway, I tried these contacts. I got stuck in my eye. My eyes swelled all up. They had to suction it off and everything. So I had this thing. And then Tim Mokry, he didn't help me. He just had this done. I didn't think anything about it when he told me. I didn't know I was going to be. So I asked him about it, and he said, "Oh yeah, they just take a big knife and said you you get over it." <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm really, I was really thinking about praying this off, you know." <laughs> and she said, "No, nah, we'll give you IV. He Said you don't care what we do to you. I said, "Oh." Well, that sounds good. You won't feel a thing. (laughs) We need to get Joe up here. Uh, I'm going to sit down and be quiet. Let's give Joe a hand.
1: Well, good morning, all. Well, Father, we thank you and we praise you for this time. We thank you, Jesus. Where two or three are gathered, you're right here. So we just welcome you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. You just have your way. We yield our members as instruments of righteousness. And we we declare that we have ears to hear and eyes that see. Holy Spirit, it's all yours, whatever you want to do. We are yielded vessels, and we thank you for your glory, Father. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for signs, wonders, visitations, and manifestations and demonstrations of the Spirit this day. We will not leave the same way we came. In Jesus' name, amen. So Pastor Bob said something that reminded me of uh, something I saw this last week, and there was a physician talking to a um, uh, uh, he was interviewing people who had life and death experiences. And um, he was talking about hell being for real. And he was a cardiologist, or he's a cardiologist. And and so he had this gentleman, and the gentleman talked later and told the story. But the gist of the story was this, is the gentleman was on a treadmill and... um, uh, he experienced, you know, the whole team was there while he was, the doctor was there while he's on the treadmill and they were checking out his heart. And uh, the doctor said this he said, What I saw was uh, all of a sudden he's running, there's no heartbeat, there's no breath, but he's still running. His body took a minute to catch up, his, uh, what his brain said no more, and he dropped dead. And um, so they did the resuscitation thing, and the gentleman came to and he said, You have got to help me. You've got to help me. I can't go back to that place. And um, um, he said, Man, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to save your life. And the guy died again. And so they're working on him and working on him and working on him. The guy comes back. He said, You have got to help me. He said, I'm trying to save your life. He said, no, I'm serious. I can't go back to that place. And the nurse looked at the doctor and said, you have to do something. And the doctor said, okay, say this quick prayer with me. And um, he, he, he led him into a, like a two or three sentence prayer, accepting Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And... Um, and so I'm not sure if I remember correctly if the guy died again or not, but I don't think he did. I think they, he just kept on from that point. And the doctor explains it this way. He said there was two lives saved that day. He said he got born again and so did this atheist. Wow. I thought that was very impactful. But, you know, hell is for real. And there's a choice we make, but we make it in this lifetime. We make it right now. And, um, and so anybody listening, I want to encourage you. God's still the God of restoration, but don't let it be your last chance to go on. Accept him now and, you know, he'll heal you, restore you, and give you a glorious future of a life worth living here and for eternity, you know, this lifetime is just but a sneeze, even at that. And yet, people are so concentrated on this lifetime. But, you know, Jesus paid for us to be whole and healed and live life to the fullest. But we have an enemy, and his job is to, he doesn't even come. He says, the thief cometh not, but to steal, incur, kill, and destroy. He didn't want a little bit of your life. Be encouraged today. Deuteronomy 28 tells you that diseases of long continuance are under the curse. So you know, Pastor Bob talked a little earlier about the um, of the more mature folks, and I heard Brother Copeland say it this weekend. He says there's nobody that has been willing to stay here, and God asked him, "Do you have more anointing than you did when you were 30, when you were 40?" He said, well, yeah. He said, did you have more at 50 than you did at 40? He said, yeah. He said, you have more at 60? You know, and he went through this thing, and there is anointings that God needs to release and for the body of Christ. And, you know, the more mature people that have come up, it's not time to sit down and say, okay, I've worked all my life, and now I want to take it easy. Well, God will give you a bunches of fun. He's the God of fun. Enjoy it. But boy, oh boy, you can sure be planting seeds and harvesting along the way and doing God's work. How many people do you see? How many people do you see in the church that need healing? How many people talk about sickness and disease like it's something? You know, that's what they talk about. Well, how's the weather? Get done with the weather. Oh, I've had this aching pain. Oh, I can beat that. I've had this. Oh, my uncle had this. And all of a sudden, it's a flow, full blown um, festive. How many sicknesses and disease can we have? But let you interject that God will heal you. (gasps) And all of a sudden, you have taken on Martian ears, and you've turned green, and you look like something they've never seen before. Like, what do you mean? And all of a sudden, they put on their battle armor, and they're going to fight you to keep a sickness. And then they're going to talk their way into the next decade of misery. I have a friend who I talked to this last week, and she was telling me about all of these things, and about what it is now, and everything that it's going to be, and I said, you know, I just cannot agree with you, because that is not my hope for your future. Is that hope for your future? Yeah, but this is what it's been. I don't care, Have you not learned anything? Well, yeah, I've learned to talk to a certain part of my body and the the pain goes away. I said, well, learn to talk to the rest of it. It's not a hard thing. It's just as easy to talk the word of God than it is to talk the word of the devil. Let's call it like it is. You're either in the enemy's camp or you're in God's camp. There is no in-between. You're, you know, and if you straddle the fence, you get hurt. It's very painful in the middle. And place seem like there's no activity, but things jab you where they least should jab you. It's not a fun place to be. So, you know, remember in Revelation what he says? He said, I'd rather have you hot or cold, because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Ooh, lukewarm is a horrible place to be. You know, it's the comfort zone. Lukewarm is the comfort zone. Don't you love the comfort zone some days? It's like, mm-mm, don't rock the boat. Don't do anything. You know, when Peter was getting out of that boat, and uh, <clears throat> he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Well, what was God going to do? What was Jesus going to do? Was he going to say, no, stay in the boat? No, it's not me. <laughs> anything he said had to be truth, Right. So he said, come. Do you think the others in the boat were encouraging Peter to go? Yeah, Peter, you can do it. I don't think so. I think the others in the boat were saying, "Uh, don't be stupid now. Don't be stupid. Look at the storms of life are happening. Look at that. Look at, don't get out there. You're going to drown. Don't do it. You're going to drown. Yet, Peter went ahead and stepped out onto something. And so let's talk about some things today. i want to talk about delivery, receipt, and possession of healing. There is a difference between delivery. And there's a difference between receiving. And there's a difference between possession. All right. So we have a UPS driver. He doesn't deliver, but he drives. So let's just assume he delivers today. And he brings a package to your front door and sets it right there. And somebody came along and stole it, just took it away. So there has been delivery, delivery, right? The package was delivered. It was received so much as at the front door, right? But nobody had possession of it, do they? So as far as the sending company is concerned and the delivery company is concerned, it has been delivered. Their job has been completed, correct? But you are without a package, and you have no possession of what's in the package, correct? All right, so let's go to delivery and receipt. So here the package comes. He sets it down, and you maybe even sign for it. And you take it in your hands. You have received it. Delivery has been accomplished. Receipt has been accomplished. But you decide you're going to take the package, you're just going to put it down, in the hallway, and you're gonna to get to it later. Do you have possession? No, you don't have possession. So let's take the third one. The package comes, the package is put into your hands, you sign for it, you have it, and you are excited to have the package. You get the package in the house, you rip open the box, you open it up, and in there is that thing that you've been wanting for a long time and you decide, I'm going to read the instructions and figure out how it works right now so I know it, and then you're going to put it into service. That is having possession. So you have delivery, you have receipt, and you have possession. Possession is when you can actually utilize something. So let's do this another way, just to give an example. Let's see, I have a pen. I'm going to give this pen to Terry, but she is not going to take it, okay? So, I'm going to give her, there has to be a completion, I'm going to give her the pen, because she's been asking me for a pen, all right? I'm going to give her the pen, and there's no response or a negative response. But she is constantly saying, well, can I have a pen? Can I have a pen? But she's not taking the pen, so I'm going to to put the pen on her shoulder there. Now, as far as I'm concerned, delivery still has been completed, right? There is, she does have it, so there's been receipt. but does she have possession of it? No, no because you don't utilize it. So what I want you to see today is that a delivery requires a receiver in order to have possession. So now she has possession in full utilization of it. <clears throat> All right? Now, so you probably wonder, thank you, you probably wonder what this has to do with healing. Well, God sent his word and healed you. And delivered you from all your destruction. Yeah. So delivery, has been uh-huh, has been paid for, it's been accomplished. The delivery part is done. <coughs> it's complete. You know what? It has been sent out, whether you're born again or not. You're entitled to receive. You know, think about this. I remember the first time I heard this. And it was never a thought to me prior to that. But how many people were born again when Jesus was doing all the healing? None. None. God, they got healed. They got healed. And, and those that even were not part of the Jewish community were healed. Even though it wasn't their covenant right, God's mercy and grace. So, the delivery system, when Jesus bought and paid for it at the cross, now it was already done. Remember, God spoke the end from the beginning, it was already done over 2,000 years ago, but the price was paid 2,000 plus years ago. And we receive it so you can receive it head knowledge you can rec- you can know of it you can know that it exists you can know the package is right there ready for you to pick up any time but you will never experience the fullness of it meaning wholeness and healing if you don't have possession of it does that make sense Good. all right so let's see you only get the benefit when you take personal possession have a problem there. Okay, so let's look at a couple things. Everybody has been given the measure of faith. So what I want to jump to is faith is a currency of heaven, right? We get everything by faith. Everything that we get from the Bible, it's impossible to please God without faith. And so we get everything by faith. So we're going to take a look at faith for a minute. Faith is a force. It's a spiritual powerful substance. It's of the heart, not of the head. Now, have you ever been in a position where you know you're believing God for something, but you don't know if you're really in faith or not? You think you are. You're going through all the right things. You're doing all the motions that you're supposed to do. You're confessing. You think you're believing, but there's that little question of, I think, I think... I'm in faith, I think I've got it, but you're not seeing anything. You're not experiencing it. Nothing is going on, and so you don't know. You have it in your head, but it hasn't quite sunk down into your heart. Have you ever been there? It's an interesting place to be. It's not very fruitful. So faith grows. It always grows. How does it grow? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? So everybody was given the measure of faith. Did you get your measure? Everybody did, right? So how is one person's faith bigger than another's? By the word. By exercising, right? So somebody has muscles and they work out with barbells, their muscles pretty soon. Now, can you see the muscles the next day after they work out for you know 30 minutes and nothing happens, right? But after the course of a couple of weeks, all of a sudden something starts to develop. Well, spiritual muscles are the same way. You can feed yourself today But if you want to live and grow and develop your spirit man, you cannot live on the baked potato you ate last week. It's every single day. And the interesting thing is this, is I see and I hear people say different things, but you know what? The baked potato that Pastor Bob ate today doesn't do my body any nourishment Spiritually, I'm not going to grow by watching somebody else do the word. I'm not going to grow by watching or hearing somebody else. Now, I may benefit some by the confessions that they say because they still go in my ears and it produces something. But I'm not going to be spiritually uh, strong and be able to come against the enemy if I haven't eaten spiritual food. So it requires spending time in the word and exercising faith is now hope is in the future faith is now now faith is yeah but i don't see anything change well and that has to do with what 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 do the storms of life have to do with anything because you see something or you don't see something what what does a report literally what is a report it's information right Is it it a fact or truth? It's a fact. What changes facts? The truth. So when you understand that the word of God is truth and the reports are fact, the wind and the waves are going to come. The enemy has a job. It's not a peculiar thing. And, you know, the scripture says this. It says that the thief comes to steal the word. It's in Mark 4. The thief comes to steal the word. He's not coming actually to agitate you. What he's coming to do is steal the word that's in you. Because if he can steal the word, he steals your victory. You know, if we could look at it this way, the enemy does not want you to know what you have in you. He doesn't want you to understand, to have head knowledge of the things of God, because when you get the head knowledge and you pursue it, it drops into heart knowledge. It drops into what we call revelation knowledge. And that revelation knowledge is what powers you, allows you to see things. It allows you to walk further. You know, I always say it this way, Lord, I want to see further than my eyes. I want to be able to see the things of the supernatural in my life. I want to know what your plans and purposes are. I want to be that conduit that I can release heaven into somebody else's life. Because he who is in me is greater than he that's in the world. He who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. But if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it quickens or makes alive your mortal body by his spirit. So we have the best thing going on, and some days we just keep it well hidden. So what, I heard this the other day. Well, I'm going to finish with that. Let me not jump. Okay. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a title deed. You know, it's a choice a lot of times. It's a choice. Who Who do you choose to believe? The enemy or God? You know, who, you know, you, when you look at it, when you boil some of this stuff down, it's so fascinating to me. Is that God says, I have sent my word and I healed you, past tense. The enemy says, uh, there is pain coming. This is what they say. This is what has happened. This is what's in the family. You don't have any hope. Well, I have faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. It will never be. I can't tell you how many times I've been told it will never and then fill in the blank. And you know what? Right now, what rises up, I was told that a couple weeks ago. And I said, "When when, when I heard it will never, I'll tell you what it will be like. And then not only that, I told what it's going to be like. And I stepped out over into the impossible impossible to which... I got this look, you know, the deer in the headlight. And then you could, you could, I could see a ticker tape thing. And I wonder if she's nuts or I wonder if she really believes that. Does she know that that is not possible? And I said, I'll tell you what, we're going to see that. We are going to see that. And so just about two weeks ago, um, something that was, um, how did they put that? We have seen more improvement in the last month or so than we have seen in all of time so far and so that thing and that thing is the word of God hooked up I am hooked up with my faith to the word of God calling those things that they say will never be possible into possible. All I'm doing is I'm getting my bucket load. I'm going over to the spiritual side. I'm picking up what I want, and I am releasing it out in the natural. I am calling it forward. It's a conduit. The rivers, uh, the rivers of living water, flow straight from the throne room. I'm seated. You are seated with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. You know, think about that in traffic. When you're stuck in traffic, and you can you're up here and you can see it for miles and you got a friend down there who's going to be stuck and say, no, get in the left lane, go three blocks, get in the right lane, you'll be here in two minutes. The other way, you're just stuck behind traffic. See, God has the view of what the enemy is trying to do. You know, the enemy is not omnipotent. He is not omnipresent. And he's not that other thing that I can't pronounce. Linda can say it. Omniscient, thank you. (laughs) I have difficulty some days, but I'm getting better. But we think we give him the same credit than we give God. Oh, the enemy. Oh, the devil's been chasing me. Well, why? I mean, stop. Turn around. Stick it to him. He doesn't like the name of Jesus. He doesn't like the word of God. You have every bit of armor. And, you know, your ammunition is not expensive And it's not limited, and you can shoot it all day long, all night long, and never run out. And the wonderful thing is you always hit the target, and he always ouches. I told him the other day, he did something that was really... um, I had a few opportunities, and he did something that really struck home. And... I was on the phone with somebody, and I said, "Uh, listen, I have to go. I need to go pray. I need to find out what is actually going on here. And um, and so there was, like, silence on the phone. She said, okay. (laughs) All right. I hung up the phone. And inside of me, I said, Lord, what is what? What do I pray? How do I get over this? And I had great peace inside of me, great peace. And I knew what the report was could not be the case couldn't be the case, you know, and I prayed, and sure enough, it was about an hour later, I got a good, well, it wasn't a good report, but I got a, um, it wasn't life and death type of thing at that moment, and, um, and so, when you're led of the Spirit, and you hear, the delivery has already taken place, it's the possession, when you position yourself, you get the possession, now, as long as it's up here, in your head and doesn't seek down into your heart, you still don't have possession. So our job is to work to release our faith. You know, well, let's say it this way. We labor just to enter into rest, Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3 and 4, read that in between. it. We labor, our job is to enter into his rest. How do you do that? It's the word of God, putting in the word of God. Now, the word of God going in your eyes and in your ears is a wonderful thing because they'll drop into your heart. But the power is where? In your words, in your words, in your words. What are you saying about yourself every day? When you get up and look in the mirror, do you say, oh, that's the most handsome thing I've seen in a long time? Or do you say, oh my goodness, who are you? And what did you, what happened? Speak. Speak to it. You know, I was impressed. Years and years ago, Pastor Bob said this. He was using the same deodorant stick for, what, a year, two years? For a very long time. And I thought, is that even possible? I mean, it was like it was not even a thought to me. It's a limit. It's Take the limits off. Every time you reach a limit... Talk to God about it. God, is that you? I don't, you know, you know it's not when it's limits because the only way you're limited is by God's imagination for you. What's in that scroll that you have been set to accomplish to do? And who God calls, He funds. Whatever He's called you to do, He is God. But He won't do, He's not going to give you the whole plan and purpose and step by step because that's not faith. When you step, he provides when you step, but see there is that thing about the ears have to be open, and what is the mouth? Are you in agreement or disagreement with God? Are your words stacked against him, or they are in favor of him? Or well, let's put it this way: Have you been going having coffee with the devil lately? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Oh man, I just feel so miserable. Coffee with the devil. You can bring some candy. Oh, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be over this. And here he says, yeah, you know, it ran in your family. Run it out. Stop it. Refuse it. Doesn't matter what. We have to be ever vigilant. If we don't know who our enemy is, then we easily, because we're in the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world and the pressures and the things of the world. Look at, look at the majority of your friends around you. Are they Christian? Are they non-Christian? You know, the five people that you hang around with the most, take a look at their character and their personalities because you will be influenced and be more like them five years from now than you are today. So if you don't like that, change that. What do you listen to every day? You know, what, what is going in your ears? Whose report Do you believe? The more that you get to, and you know, sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm filled to overflowing with listening somebody talk to me about this, that, and everything. It's like, just just be quiet. I don't want anything. Just shh, shh, nothing. But you know what? That's the time that you need more. That's the time God is telling you, prepare. You know, that's the time out of your mouth, I'll tell you what I believe. I believe. And tell yourself what you believe. You stir yourself up. You can receive healing very easily. Healing is an easy thing to receive. Now, I don't know about you, but I know about me. And in the brain, it used to be somebody would say they had ABC, especially when it got to something that you know in the natural, they had less than a couple weeks to live. And the brain would say, all of a sudden, all of this stuff would start working inside of me. we got to pray. we got to do this. we got to do this. You know, we got to beef up. As if there's anything that you could do in the natural to affect a difference besides comfort for that person. You know, well, let me take that back. Because if they're not born again, you can certainly, in the natural, offer them an opportunity to meet Jesus as Lord and Savior. So there are those things. But as far as, 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 far as them getting their healing and now when i get that report there is a half a second of that alarm bell going off and then there is a whole boatload more of but my god is able he is able to over this this is not a hard thing it's just a thing that's what i tell myself something looks so impossible it's not a hard thing joe it's just a thing it's not hard for god why would it be hard for you you've got might The thing that makes, that gives you the opportunity, the power to do all things possible and impossible. God said that it belongs to you. He already gave it to you. Isn't that a wonderful thing about God? He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. Faith speaks. It speaks the end result. Remember, God spoke the end from the beginning And we are to speak what God says and agree with God. Don't go have coffee with the enemy. Every word that's inoperative, anything that's against the kingdom of God, I don't know if I'll ever see it. I wonder if this will ever happen. All of that is, oh, I just feel so... But your body may hurt. Your body may be in pain. But it's subject to change. And the only way it's going to change is for you to line up with what God says about it and release the power of God that's in you to produce results. The more you go to the enemy's camp, the more you're going to get of what the enemy has. We don't want to get what the enemy has. We want to get what God has for us. Faith pleases God because you're speaking his word. You're agreeing with him. Don't you like it when somebody agrees with you? I like it. Faith is a currency of heaven. We've already talked about that. Faith puts you in cooperation with God to get what he already provided. It has been delivered. Now, here's what happens a lot of time: People will hear something about healing, and unbelief is so stacked in their life that they know of a person that's died from it. They know this. It's impossible that they can't do this. This is impossible. That's impossible. So here is the unbelief stacked from the floor to the ceiling. And here is a little ray of hope that's come in that somebody says, you know, I can pray for you and God will heal you. A little ray of hope. But then the what ifs. You think the enemy is going to give up territory easily? No. He just wants you miserable. He do not want you inoperative for the things of God. So all of that unbelief stacked against a little bit of hope. God is still able. We love when God does miraculous things, in a hurry type of thing. But, you know, we as a society, we would like the drive-through method. God, I need a little bit of this. I need this. I need this. And I'm, I'm done now. Let me go do my own thing. And God's not about that. As Pastor Bob said earlier, God has a plan and a purpose. And it's for us to come together as the body of Christ. What would we look like as a church with everybody sick? We don't have to look very far to see a lot of that today, do we? But remember in James what it says? If there's any sick among you, if, let him call for the elders of the church. What are we going to look like healed? Fully functioning, operating in the things of God. Pastor Bob has seen wheelchairs sitting on the side, so many we don't know what to do with them. They're coming. The preparation for us is to get it. You know, when a river flows and you stick your little ankles in, you don't stop the river, do you? The river flows, doesn't it? When healing flows, get you some. Get you some wet, all the way up to your eyebrows. Get you some wet. We're praying for others. Healing, But it still flows. See, we can get healed while we're praying for others. And if you need healing today, I encourage you to go pray for somebody because you're sowing a seed. You're sowing a seed. When I, was, um, when I was in the hospital with a loved one and everything was pretty dire, um, I knew I needed seeds. I needed more seeds. That's all I could think about planting. I prayed for everybody they'd let me. I walked down the hall and this woman was just distraught because her son had been in a horrible accident. And um, by the time we got done praying, I could see the peace just flood her whole body. There was a lady across the hall that was getting ready to depart. And the nurse came in and she was this the only one time that I saw her and all the time I was there with him um, that I saw her disheveled. And she come in that one day and we had been talking and, and stuff like that. And I said, well, what's wrong? And she said, she told me about um, the lady getting ready to depart. And I said, well, do you want me to go? And there was no family. The family was coming, but they were not going to make it is the thing. And I said, would you like me to go sit with her? And she said, would you do that? Say, absolutely. I'm thinking seed, seed, plant the seed. And I sat with her um, until a, a team had come to do some specialized thing, and then I kind of stepped out of the way, and she departed. But I told her how God loved her, how, you know, just call upon the name of the Lord and just, um, you know, at that point in time, you know, I still told her God wants her healed. I mean, I'm still going to pray and just whatever comfort I could give at the moment. Plant the seeds. When you need something, seed planting is a is a way that you say to God, I want you involved. I want you involved because he said in the natural it says get everything you can get, take it, right? But in the spiritual realm it says, First you plant the seed. What farmer what farmer looks at his field and Says out there's going to be a wonderful crop. Boy, oh, it's looking good. And you're sitting next to him and you say, well, what did you plant? I say, yeah, it's going to be glorious. I can see it now. And you say, well, what did you plant? He said, well, I don't know. I'm waiting for God, whatever he brings up. You need healing, plant healing. You need healing. Don't go get scriptures on finances. Get scriptures on healing. Go and look and see. God, do you know who God is? God's the great healer. Do you know the names of God? Do you know anything about the character of God? If you knew, I mean, if we really knew the character of God, healing would be like this. Father, I just thank you that this, I have this need because you said in your word that we are to ask you, even though you already know, but you meet every need I have according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So I am asking you for this right now. I am taking possession. I believe I receive it at the amen, and I'm going to thank you right now. And you walk away from that knowing that you asked, you received, you took possession. You walk away from that. Maybe the pain is not any different, but you know at the amen you got something. And as you go... All of a sudden you think, oh my goodness, there's no pain. Well, glory to God. See, receiving from God whose heart is disposed to show favor should be a very easy thing. Should be nothing, nothing. You ever get hit with, I'm off subject, but you ever get hit with something you did and it comes back and live in living color? It's like, you know that you were stupid, you know. And so I correct myself and say, no. I was not stupid. I am not a stupid person, but I did do a stupid thing for which God forgave me. And so, Father, I thank you, and I go back to God. And I say, I thank you. You've already forgiven me. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far you removed it, so you don't know anything about it anymore. But I am bringing it to you for this reason, because the devil's beating me up with it. And so here's what we're going to do. You can take communion. You can talk to God. You can do a myriad of things and say, Now, Father, I know that you forgave me. And now I'm going to put the blood of Jesus up against this. And I demand that the enemy never bring that thought up to me again. And it will never be a thought unless I willfully recall it. You have torments, you know, people with PSTD or whatever, PTSD, however you say that. Um, you can take the blood of Jesus and you can be healed. Now listen, I'm going to caution you, the devil doesn't like to lose his territory. And he comes back with subtle ways and flips in a thought. As soon as a thought comes, you take authority. How do you take authority? Thoughts never override thoughts. Thoughts never override thoughts. It's very important. Your ears have to hear what you say. You believe you more than anybody else. So you speak out of your mouth the power. Don't say, I just don't believe that. Well, where is the power in that? I just don't believe that. What do you believe? I believe that God took care of this already. I believe that it's paid for at the cross. I believe that these. when you start doing that, your angels have something to go and fight with. See, I wonder how many times we leave our angels standing there going, Oh, Lord, are you sure? This one, you called to do that? Are you sure? We're having a problem here, you know. We have so much power and so much authority. We are not too old. We are not weak. We are what God called us to be. All right, so let's move on here. Faith puts you in cooperation with God to get what he's already provided and paid for. Now listen, I used to say faith moved God. I don't think that's accurate. Here's what I think is more accurate. It moves the devil to loose what's legally yours. I think that is a much better way to put that. God showed me that when I was doing my study notes. You know, we're trying to get God to do something. How many people do you know are trying to get God to do something? Heal me, God. Please, God, will you heal me? Will you do this? The package has been sent, paid for, delivered. Can even be in the house, on the doorstep. Can even be opened. But there is no possession unless you do something. God's already as far as he's concerned, it has been delivered. See if it's already delivered, it's in your court. So now listen, I want to he- I want you to hear me, there's no condemnation. There is no condemnation. God doesn't he said there's, no, there's now there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Did I quote it accurately. okay. Um, there's no condemnation. If he was coming to get you, God's going to get you. Just exactly how long would it take him to find you? I mean, really. And we, when we confess our sin, it's not when God found out about it you know i mean it's we think about these things but that's how people think you did this you were not any good so god gave you that to teach you something well my question number 1 is what have you learned you learn sickness stinks right yeah. nothing fun about it when you're in pain Uh, You want other people to be in pain because you holler and scream at them, do whatever. You want to be pampered. You want the pain to go away. Well, if God gave it to you, then you are required by faith to pray for more. Thank you, Pastor Bob, because he brought that up. So, have you been praying for more pain? Have you been praying for more distress? Do you pray for another ride in the ambulance? Do you pray for another bill? I mean... When you think about it, all of that is lopsided thinking. So we have to renew our mind to the things of God. And some of those, we all have limits. We don't really know where they are, but we all have limits. Just think about three or four of those things I just said. Have you ever thought about those? Do, do, do any of them stick in the back of your mind thinking, well, I can't do this because of such and such? It's a limit. It's a limit. Did God give you the limit? So where did the limit come from? You've been having coffee with the enemy. But having coffee with the enemy. Tell him, no, you don't want it. No, 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 no. So, faith, your faith that you use, that you activate, that comes out of your mouth, by his stripes, I am healed. It moves the devil to loose what legally is yours. Take a legal. But The devil's a legalist. He uses every little legal thing against you. So use it back against him. Now, what I really like about that, remember Jesus, when he was uh, um, being tempted, he went through all that and then he had to go 40 days and 40 nights without food or drink. And then he got tempted. So if the 40 days was not enough without food or drink, being in a desolate place, you know, you never really think about that, but... When's the last time you went three days without food or drink and in a desolate place? There's no iPads, there's no TV, there's no company. Well, he had God, so he was in constant communication, so he wasn't lacking, obviously. But just think about that time frame, and then you get the worst of the worst. After 40 days, then the temptation comes. And so what in all his arsenal of things did he use? It is written. So what I do is I have some poster boards at home, my vision boards of things that I want. I ran across one of mom when she, was, um, when she was getting married, and so that's going on the board next. Beautiful woman. And so I talk to her about them sometimes. But what I do when the devil comes and the enemy comes after me about some things in my mind, when you get weary and you get tired, the door is open for him to come in. Do you understand that? Guard yourself when you're tired. You know, when you've gone from six in the morning till one the next morning and you're not done, you can't go to bed yet and you still got things to do and you're, just, you're starting to get grouchy. You ever, none of you ever do that, but listen. I've been grouchy before. I recognize what happens. And it's at that time that I guard myself because it's that time that the enemy has the best avenue into your thinking. And then what comes out of your mouth, and not only, I think I shared this before, one time I was uh, getting everything in order in my behavior and stuff like that, and my mouth is watching my mouth very closely, and I was purposing for this point in time. Nothing but agreement with the Word. And so somebody said something that was just way off course. And, um, and so I didn't say a word, I was really good, but I rolled my eyes, and God got me. Holy Spirit said, uh... Body language counts. (laughs) The enemy's studious of us. He's had 2,000 years. So he takes those things. And when you're really tired, that's when he comes in. So that's a point that you really need to what comes out of your mouth. I'll tell you what. Though my body says one thing, I am renewed day by day. In the strength that I have in me, I release it. The Lord himself. His power, His authority. Rivers of living water come from the throne. They come right through me. And I speak to myself right now. And I'll tell you what, you're revived. Lord, when I go to sleep tonight, I don't care if I get three hours. Will you make them like I got a full night's rest? You'd be surprised how you how you change the atmosphere, number one. But how you change yourself. And you position yourself. Now, it says the merry heart does good like a medicine. I haven't gone to any scriptures yet, but we are going but I've quoted quite of them. So let's look at Acts 19, 19 13 through 16 real quick. And let's see. I'm going to do it in the MEV, I think. This is kind of an unlikely one, but it has to do with, I um, wouldn't necessarily think, one for healing. But let's look at this. nineteen thirteen X. Acts. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists invoked the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We command you to come out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. These were the seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva doing this. The evil spirits answered, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was jumped on Was jumped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled from the house naked and wounded. Now here, look at this. The sons of Sceva, they heard, they saw, they saw the disciples casting out demons. Had to have from what the account is, right? And so they come up and they said, well, if they can do it, we can do it. Now, is that a bad thing to cast out demons? No. You don't want anybody to have one be influenced by one. So here they decided they are going to do but when they went they got, they got beat up pretty bad didn't they? They fled. So they come out after the enemy and the enemy had them for lunch. Why? Why? Think about this. They knew of Jesus but they didn't know jesus they tried to use something that belonged to somebody else remember we talked about pastor bob eating a baked potato they tried to get the nutrients off of somebody else's spiritual growth they did not have anything to produce the results those other people produce hence they got kicked all the way back right so how does that relate to healing So think about this. If you need healing in your body and you get grazed just a little bit, you eat a little bit here and you eat a little bit there and you eat a little bit there. The enemy's working 24-7. 24-7. He comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. God came that you have life and abundantly if you just think about a scale. So you eat a little bit, but you're listening, you're listening, you're hearing, you're hearing, and this type of the scale is just going heavier and heavier and heavier you hear that other people have departed you hear that well I know so-and-so he was a great person of God and you know that he went home to be with the Lord well you know no other place to go it's a wonderful place to go you're ready go on but what does that have to do with you well I know so-and-so my aunt this runs in the family and she said and that's a wind a wave a storm It may surround you, but what does it have to do with you? If you don't feed, if you don't get the word of God, if you don't know for yourself who your healer is, what he said, remember, faith begins where the will of God is known, right? So you have to know something about the word of God. You have to know that healing belongs to you, that it is yours, that it is a bought and paid for thing, that God has done everything he's ever going to do about healing. It's up to you to release your faith. But before you can even release your faith, you have to know something about your God and what he said. So you get some head knowledge, and then you start speaking it. You get more. You listen, you listen. You speak more. You speak more healing. And all of a sudden, it will drop in here, and healing will grow. And you will be the one that comes out healed. Unlike these who knew of Jesus if you just know of healing with your head, you will not experience it for yourself. Now, do you remember a lot of times Jesus would be talking and um, someone would get healed? Someone. Remember the woman with the issue of blood that um, she purposed in her heart and she said, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and she's going to go touch a hem of his garment. And everything stopped. Everything stopped, even though Jairus was there and his daughter was at the point of death. Everything stopped. That woman got a hold of something. But remember, Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples said, what do you mean, who touched you? Look at all these people who didn't touch you. But what does the Bible record? That woman, that woman was made whole so she was even beyond healing she was made whole because her faith she released he said daughter your faith has made you whole she purposed she saw something she purposed in her heart she took action she went after she got it now do you remember at the end of it she tried to sneak away She tried to back away from that crowd and get out. And Jesus said, no, I know, I know power has gone out of me. All those people touched him and power had not gone out of him for any of those others, the Bible doesn't record, but her. You could be in a group of thousands and you could be the only one be healed. Or you could be in the group of thousands, you could be the only one not healed based on what? whose report are you going to believe, who are you going to hook up with, whose faith are you going to release your faith. I wonder if they said, it's kind of me thinking out loud, but I wonder if the, the sons of Sceva said, I guess God just didn't want us to be able to do that. You know, people say, I guess God just didn't want me to be healed, because if he wanted me to be healed, he would have already done it. The package has already been delivered. It's already right there. We're out there paying attention to stuff that's not important. This is the important stuff. Get into the Word. Do the Word. All right, let's wrap it up with this. So let's talk about the measure of faith that you've received. Everyone's been given the measure of faith. You, uh, what you possess, you will value. When there's no value, have you ever gotten a package actually and say, "Oh, well, I know what it is," and set it down. Or have it gone to the store. I was used to be bad about this. We uh, we go store, we grocery, we shop, find something on sale, whatever, and i it would be in the bag. And about a week or two later, the bag would be sitting on a chair over there. I would think, "Now, I couldn't have needed it that bad if it's still in the bag a week later, right?" See, the same goes with the healing things. If you put it off, you don't get into the word where healing is concerned. You don't tell your mind what you think about it. This is what I choose to believe. This is what I believe. This is what God says. This is what I believe. No, if we start saying we don't believe the things of the enemy and start believing the things of God as opposed to, well, I'm not really sure if I believe that or not. Well, make a choice. Belief is a choice. That's all it is. Gee, I heard this. Let um, me. I don't know if I have it in my notes. So let me get it right or not. Because I thought it was really good. He said this. Unbelief. Okay, doubt. Remember the guy that came and said, um, "Help my unbelief." But this is what the gentleman said. He said, "Doubt is a lack of knowledge." Okay, unbelief is a willful choice to not believe God's word. Ouch. Let me repeat that. Doubt is a lack of knowledge. Simple thing to do, go in the word. You get more and more. And and so unbelief, remember he talks about in Hebrews, in Hebrews, an evil heart of unbelief. Do you think it was God's will for them to wander for 40 years? Uh Uh-uh. What did uh, historians say? Eight to ten days was a journey? Right? Okay. So, the years. How long has your wilderness been? See, when you start stepping back and looking and saying, listen, I've been in a wilderness. This is not God's plan for X amount of years. Uh, What do I need to do? Something. I missed something. Something. So, unbelief is a willful choice to not believe God's word. Belief is a willful choice to believe God's word by default, right? So you are responsible to develop and grow your faith. Building faith requires attention, a commitment. It is a choice and not a feeling. I think that's the biggest thing that, um, that this, this time, because everybody's so hepped up about feelings, and heaven forbid we don't agree, You know, why can we not find a circle, make a circle, and find an area that we can both agree? You know, God made us all different, didn't he? You're just a wonderful, unique, never again to be made creation. You are so unique. God made you so special, he'll never make another one like you. So if that is the truth, which it is, according to the scripture, then you tell me why, we would all agree upon everything. But do you know it takes all the different black dirt, brown dirt, yellow dirt, white dirt, red dirt. It takes all of us together to accomplish the things of God. So you're going to see from everybody's different perspective. If you had an accident, there would be this perspective, there would be that perspective, that. But we can find a common ground to agree, and it can be the word of God. So when you apply the word to the situation, you're applying your faith. So God's, um, let's go to John 10, 10 real quick. I've quoted that several times. We'll just look at it. You have an enemy. You have an enemy. We forget that sometimes. He does not want you to succeed. John 10.10, the thief comes not except to steal and kill and destroy. God said, God said, it's in red. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and that may have it more abundantly. Are you living more abundant life today? Would be my question. Is your body completely whole and healed? I got a little of those um, uh, everlasting things that I think are not a big thing. Pastor Bob talked about glasses, and I've come up to the door several times where, um, and it just one was just recently where um, I could see, I could read my Bible without my glasses, and um, I was doing pretty good. I was on it with my faith, and I wasn't taking no for an answer, and I was going, and then I need to read really, really, really fine print, and I thought, well, it's a tool. I'm going to use the tool, but something clicked back, And it stole from me that which I, the ground which I had gained. And so here's what the enemy says. Well, you know, it's not a big thing. Well, it is to me. It may not be to you, but it is to me. And you know that you can just go ahead and, you know, and you know your history. You know, you've done this a couple of times. What makes you think you're going to succeed this time when you didn't succeed before? And you know what? If you're tired and weary and all that kind of stuff, Whose report do you believe? You're going to believe the enemy's report, right? I guess you're right. I guess, or this is a wonderful one. I believe in God for healing. I expect to see sometime in the future that he'll do it. That is not faith. When is faith? Now. now. I already have it. Yeah, but you can see I don't. What do the wind and the waves and the storm, your senses, what do their, those reports, what do they have to do with truth? They only have something to do with truth if you give them credence. If you put weight there, then they have weight. If you put none there, well, I'll tell you what, just keep looking because I'm telling you, things are changing. Now, I would like them to change faster. So, I don't know if there's a... Um, uh, Pastor George says that the day has come that what used to take 20 years will be done in a year. And so I'm on several projects and I keep telling myself, today's the day I'll get 20 days done in one day. I'm expecting it to happen. I've seen glimpses of it. And so, hey, if he can have it, I can have it. That's the bottom. Of course, he encourages everybody to have it. But you know, what have you heard that you want to grab a hold of? Whatever you're going to grab a hold of is what you'll get. God said he sent his word, he healed you, past tense, and delivered you from all your destruction. Do your words line up? Is your faith out for that? Okay, so let's wrap this up with this. Um, let's see. Um, can I give you scriptures that I was supposed to have gone to and then we can look them up. You can look them up. Acts 10 38 shows God's will. Acts 5, 15 through 16, they were all healed. Let's look at that one. Acts 5, 15 to 16. I want to show you. And for sake of time, I'm going to jump through a couple things. Acts five. I'm breaking in a new Bible, so reluctantly, but gotta do what you gotta do. All right, Acts five. I wanna go to that's three, four, five, fifteen. So that so that they even brought the sick out into the streets and placed them on beds and mats. Now think about this for a second. Whose faith is in activation here? Yeah. Yeah. The people who are bringing them out, the people who are on the mats, they all have their faith. And now look at what they have their faith for. So that they, they placed them on beds and mats that at least the shadow of Peter passing might touch them at least the shadow they weren't even looking for a hands-on experience they just wanted so you know something about that man that the anointing in that man was so powerful that as he walked look at the shadow you could step in the shadow and receive healing That's how we should be as born-again believers, that as we walk, we release that power of God and the shadow touches. We go by somebody. We don't have to touch them. You know, a lot of times under your breath, you know, you pray for somebody, you see somebody who's hurting and, you know, can't get to them or whatever, and you say, Lord, I'm just asking you to bless them today. You know, the shadow, can you imagine what a breakout thing that would be as you walk by your shadow? All of a sudden, people are saying, you know, preachers experience this part. I know you have. I know I have. Uh, people will come up, and you don't even know that person, and before two minutes is up, they are sp- filling their guts about all the stuff that they have done wrong in life. And I used to wonder, what is going on? It's the anointing. The anointing's hitting them and pulling out all the mess and all the guilt because they get around somebody who is who has anointing of God. It's not you, that person, doing it, but the anointing in them. And all of a sudden, there's this big gusher that comes out of everything they've done wrong. But you know, that should be the flow of healing. Healing is not hard to receive. That's one of those limits. That is one of those limits, especially if you've been dealing with something for a long time and you're you're looking at all the time that's gone by. That is one of the limits that you have to change. There are limits in us that we don't know exist. That is a big thing. The way that you think sometimes, somebody will say something and you'll be thinking, well, I don't believe that. I try to test every one of those against the Word of God now. And when somebody tells me something about how sick they're going to be and how they're going to go early and stuff like that, I know that's not God's will for their life. And inside, I tell myself, I don't believe that. I believe the power of God is even now infiltrating. We're going to plant some seed, we're going to find a way because healing always comes, it's not always received. There's a lot of blockages we have that we just don't know exist. It's not, there's no condemnation. Hear me, hear me. No condemnation. It's love to get you. All right, so one of how you think right now to the way God thinks. All right, so where else do we want to go? Now in Mark 3, 1 through 6, it talks about the man with the withered hand. Um, Let's see. Let's, Let's just go to Matthew 8, 23, and we're going to close with this. Then he entered the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a great storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. He was asleep. Now, just let me put this in your thinking. Whatever happened to them happened to him. Okay? Think about this if you're one of the disciples. Whatever happened to them was going to happen to him, too. It's like, you know, you ever have a husband or a wife, your, your spouse sitting next to you and you're driving the car and they say, where are you going? Or you say that to them and you think, well, wherever you're going, I'm going because I'm in the car. You know, where are you? As if whatever that person did didn't affect you. You know what I mean? So um, whatever happened to them was going to happen to Jesus. So uh, anyway... So he, suddenly a great storm arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. His disciples went to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. And I think the King James says it a little better than this. Anybody have a King James? Yeah. What does it say? That uh, 25. Yeah, verse 25. Uh, Mark, uh, Matthew, excuse me, Matthew, 25, read 25, 325, you got it, 825, I'm sorry, pardon me, 825, thank you, thank you, Terry,
0: okay, what does it say?
1: Okay, so it's basically the same thing. He replied, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. The men were amazed, saying, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now let's look at a couple things where this is concerned. Jesus said, first of all, go to the other side. Did he not? I don't know if we read that or not. Okay. So he said, go to the other side. The word of God, truth. So Jesus spoke and said, go to the other side. What was Jesus expecting? Yeah. You think Jesus was concerned about any of the, uh, the no, any of the wind, the waves, the storm, the obstacles? The feelings, the thought of perishing, was he, he was not concerned about any of that because he was sleeping in the boat, right? Now, the waves were tossing that boat, do you not think? The storm was going pretty good. Do you think he felt it? Well, of course he was in the boat. He was not alarmed. In fact, he didn't even care enough to wake up. Now, listen, I don't know if you ever, I've been on a Coast Guard cutter, and experience some of those things. It'll rock your world, I'm telling you. I mean, there, there's nothing that stays downstairs, you know, where it's supposed to be. And, um, and so there's a bunch of stuff going on when you're in the middle of a, of a storm. Yet Jesus was unmoved by any of it. Now look at the disciples. They had a choice, didn't they? They had just come off of how many meetings with Jesus Remember when he fed the 5,000 and Jesus said to them, You hardened your hearts. You didn't even consider what happened over here. Uh, Billy Burke preached about this um, the other day the olive leaf, the olive branch, to celebrate every, every step of the way. And he says this if a symptom is the acknowledgement of a disease? Why is the absence of a sy- symptom not the acknowledgement of the healing? Celebrate every little thing, or the word is to say, well. The outlook is this or the word is this. What does God say about your situation? He said, he sent his word and healed me. Well, the pain is bad or you can't move this or something doesn't operate. And so going to the doctor is a wonderful thing. That's what God put him there for. But you go in faith. The doctor's not the healer. Jesus is the healer. Do what you know to do. While healing is in progress. You know, give the word time to work. This is what they say at Sandra Kinning a lot of times when there's been a diagnosis of, of, of cancer or something like that. And they want to do something major. They say give the word time to work. Give the word time to work. Because why? Because the word is less in power? No. It's because you're so built up on what cannot be or what is going to be based on what the reports are that you have to get your limits off and view it the way God views it and comes from a position that it's already done as opposed to a position that I have to make it happen. Does that make sense? So look, they had a grim outlook. They had two choices. So they heard the word, But they didn't have any trust. They heard the word, go to the other side. Now, what would it have looked like if they had trusted? The wind and the waves would have come, but they would have said to one another, I'll tell you what, Jesus said, go to the other side. So we don't, we're not looking at any circumstances trying to stop us. We're going to the other side. That should have been. That is how we should be. This is where we're going. I know what they say. I know that nothing is impossible, But, you know, I always put it this way. Draw a big line. I like the line because it's not hard to do. You just draw a big line, and the devil says you can't go any further than this. You'll never have this. So here's what I do. Sometimes I draw the line, literally, but sometimes it's just in my mind, and I take my shoes off, and I put my big toe up to the line. And so I know what the limits are. And so I put my big toe over the line. Whatever it is that I couldn't do, I do just a little bit. So like if you can't move your fingers or if they're stiff or something and the devil says you'll never be able to do that, you know, we compensate sometimes. If you got a hurting knee or a hurting hip, you're going to compensate. And uh, do something you couldn't do but do it in faith because every time you do something you couldn't do, you have just put your toe over the line. So maybe not gigantic steps, but there's coming a the day you'll be able to take. So he's a liar and a loser. What you're doing is reinforcing the fact that he's a liar and a loser because what he told you was that you couldn't go beyond that point. You have just gone beyond that point. And now there's a new line. He says, that and I could do this, that, but you can't do that. I said, well, if I couldn't do that and I could do this and now I can't do this, well, then I can do that. See, and I got this picture one time of these big scrawny, hands on a bar on a metal bar and they were gripping and as I watched you know I saw a little slip and I knew at the little slip listen I got it now because a little slip becomes a big slip and he's gone I have victory I have victory I have victory so they had their choices Jesus um let me let me for sake of time I need to speed up here they allowed fear to come in they allowed reason to come in. Let me make this point. Reason will always rob you of your faith. It will always rob you of your faith. So when God has told you to do something, don't go back and confer with flesh and blood. Now, there's a time to, there's a time to get counseling, but if you know that you heard from God, it does not matter what anybody else says. You need to go and do what he's told you to do, because reason will talk you out of it. Yeah, but you know, that doesn't make any sense. Faith rarely makes sense. Sometimes God will tell you to do the weirdest things. You know, some days you'll walk up to somebody and you'll say something, you'll get something in your heart about, you know, and you'll say one word and they burst out in tears. And you're thinking, you, you, God put his finger on that person's hurt is what has happened. One little word, fear will rob you of that. Reason will always rob you of that. Okay, so notice when Jesus got up. I could go into a lot more things. God's word always has power to perform. What He said, He'll take care of. The word is the same; it never changes. But notice as Jesus got up, what did He do? He spoke to the storm, didn't He? Isn't it interesting he didn't speak to the winds and the waves? He didn't speak to the symptoms. He spoke to the root of the symptoms. So go after the root cause, you know. And I'm going to say this because I think in our society today we don't like to talk about it. But if you've got sin in your life, I don't care how minor it is, Go after it and get it out. I don't care what it is. You know, gluttony is a wonderful thing in our society. We do everything we eat around it. Oh, I'll just have a little bit more. You know, I've been guilty because I can talk about it. You know, I've been guilty. And, um, oh, that is just so good. I'm going to have a little bit more. But, you know, God puts the, and so, and the drunkard in the same category. And so, He does not differentiate between sin. Do you know that the glutton and the murderer have the same status in God's eyes? Sin. So it doesn't matter what it is. You have to decide, is that little pleasure more important than total restoration? Is that little pleasure more important than hearing the voice of God? Whatever it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad, You know, I think I've said this before, that I would like murder mysteries. I mean, i do that. I didn't touch TV since we began the fast in January. Nothing except for things of God. Why? Because I want something that I haven't had before, and I have to be willing to do something I haven't been willing to do before. And so that time that was sucked up By sitting down and watching mindless things, I have put to good use to grow so that I can get what God says belongs to me. So the enemy has to take his hands off of me, take his hands off my family. Do you know he said that I put before you life and death and blessing and cursing. Therefore, you choose life so that you and your seed may live. That means my seed, who are sideways of things, have no choice. Because God says they live. That don't you think enough is enough? Don't you want those that God says belongs to you? I call them up and down the bloodline, back and forth. While I'm at it, I go after friends too. Go after other relatives and go after friends. I told you this before, I'm going to close. Um, I had an 80-plus-year-old aunt. Talked to her before about Jesus. She'd been hurt. You know, um, a lot of things have happened in her life. But she met Jesus the other day. You know, it's one of those things that wasn't convenient. I was uh, traveling, I was heading out of town. I had a you know 12-hour drive ahead of me, plus all the stops, and I was supposed to have seen her. Didn't have time. And so I purposed. I was going there before I went out of town, before I left to come home. And so knowing it's going to be late in the afternoon before I even take off, it's going to be dark and you're going to be tired and all the stuff that goes with it, all the stuff this devil is telling you. And do you know, because I took that time with her, God opened a door. I was just being obedient. God opened the door, and, you know, the offer was extended, and she met Jesus. It's never too late. God's got plans and purposes for us. Healing belongs to you. I know that it's, it's not a hard thing. Let me just say this. It's not a hard thing. Healing belongs to you. It's a choice we make. It belongs to us. I want to tell you about the little things in your life that are hindering you, that you think nothing about. You know, a little headache, a little ache in your toe. It doesn't matter what it is. God wants it gone. We can give glory, and we give glory to him every time we receive healing. Do you know that? So Jesus said, I glorify my God or Father by completing, down to the very last detail, everything that he gave me to do. Healing was a big part of that, a third of what he did. Preached, taught, and healed. Glory to God. Well, Father, we just thank you and we praise you for today. I thank you for your word that is rich that is rich, that is rich in our lives. I thank you for every heart that it was planted into today and those hearing by tape, Lord. Father, I thank you it does not return to you void, your word. It accomplishes that which you please. It prospers in the thing that it was sent to do. And I thank you, Father, as the days and the weeks go forward that that word will just ring in our ears Limits, taking the limits off, Lord, that we take the limits off so that we can experience more of you. Even though we're not limited by our experiences, Father, we release faith to receive from you. Healing, wholeness, yes, Lord. Restoration. So right now I pray for every person here. And Father, I'm asking you for times of refreshing from the Lord to hit each one of us. But not only that, Father, that you would renew our youth as the eagles, that you would strengthen us and that there would be a visible difference in each one of our lives this week, Father, in stanima, in energy, in clarity of thought, in our thinking processes. Father, I thank you for brand new brain cells, Father, and just new. We are not limited. We don't get older and slower, Father, but as our outward body experiences, age, our inward man is renewed, and it quickens the outward body. Father, and we desire to walk in the fullness of what you have. I thank you, Father, you're disposed to show favor. Your tender mercies are over us, and we receive healing today. Father, I'm asking you in the hearts of each person listening that that thing or those things said they desire of you that you would grant it to them this day. I thank you for healing and wholeness, yes, and a plan and a purpose that you would renew the dreams of those that have quit dreaming or think that they have no future. Father, that their purpose and their place would be revealed to them and that they would flourish in the things that you've called them to do and they would know that they know that they know that we would know that we know that we know that we are where we're supposed to be. Thank you for might, Lord, that makes everything, produces everything possible and impossible. Father, we just thank you and we thank you for that anointing from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet, Father, we just plead the blood, and we thank you for healing and restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you, need, if you would like for us to pray for you, lay hands on you, would you just come up to the front and have a seat, and the team will come and pray. Mm-hmm.